0: Hey, everybody. My name is Curtis Childs, and these 200-year-old books have totally changed my life, and I think that they can change yours, too. Today we're talking about the invisible church. This is a church that is built inside of us, that you may have inside you right now without even realizing it. But in order for it to work, we have to build it correctly. There's an inner and an outer part of our consciousness, and the outer part needs to be the foundation for this inner part, or the inner church. But in order to be the right foundation, the outer church in us has to follow a very specific set of guidelines. But the good news is, we have those guidelines. I'm going to lay them out for you right now. It's something that's easy to grasp, and we know how to apply it, even if it takes some work. But it's something we can do, and then we can build that foundation, get the inner church to show up, and all those awesome feelings I was talking about before will come with it. It's something that can happen, something you can do, and that's the news from heaven. All right, the tool we're going to be using to figure this out is Secrets of Heaven 6,299. Let the following example serve to shed light on this particular matter, and the particular matter, if you remember, is that the external in us, our external self, has to be regenerated or reborn, or renewed, or else the internal, the good part of us, the part we want to be, doesn't have anywhere to live, and it withers, and it dies. And I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want it to happen to me. So let's see what we can do to circumnavigate that. The actual affection that charity eru... Don't go quick. Go slow. This is a hugely potent couple of sentences here. You ready? This is a, this is going to redefine what church is. If you cared, this is going to get you to think about your own feelings in a different way. The actual affection that charity arouses—that is to say, the calm and blissful feeling a person enjoys when he does good to his neighbor, without any thought, without thought of any reward—is the internal aspect of. The church. We've got a couple of key things here. First of all, we've got an affection that charity arouses. So charity is a term that you're going to see a lot in Swedenborg. It's rendered different ways in different translations. Kindness, thoughtfulness, it is the impulse to do what is right to other people because it's good for them. And that stirs in us, when we have this operating somewhere deep in us, it stirs these affections, then these begin to be things everybody can recognize. We're talking about calm and blissful feeling that we enjoy when we do good to our neighbor without... let's get... without thought of any reward. So, there's a a key difference here. It's not gonna hurt anyone, if you do good to your neighbor because you're going to get something out of it. Your neighbor meaning the good in anyone. The neighbor is the good in anyone. It's not gonna hurt anybody if you do that because you're gonna get some kind of reward, and that's what you're holding in your mind when you do it. But what that's not gonna get you is the affection that charity arouses. This calm and blissful feeling that we enjoy, particularly in the circumstances when the reason we don't we're not thinking about The reward is because that takes your eyes off the prize, and the prize is we are doing this because it is good, because you know it's good, you believe in it, and you are glad to be serving this thing's existence, whatever that action or effect on someone is. And that is heaven. It's also what Swedenborg calls the internal aspect of the church, of the church. That's what the soul of the church is. Okay. Let's get thinking about church. You maybe have thought about church as a building or a series of buildings that's an institution, represents an organization, often accompanied by some set of tenets or principles or rituals that differentiates it from regular, not church life and other religions, right? That that is the church. And so what's the core of that? Sometimes it is actually a building. Sometimes it is this institution. Sometimes it's the ideas. What, what is the soul of it? It's one of those things. Here we are, we are being told that the soul, the soul of it, is this feeling. What, what's the heart of church? What is the heart of human organized connection to God? It is this blissful feeling, calm, blissful feeling that we enjoy when we do good to somebody because it's the right thing to do. Now, that feeling, pictured here by a blue circle, that feeling, oh, with a little squiggle on top, That feeling is the internal of the church. That is the soul. That is the real substance of the church. And the church is, you can think of it in the common uh, uh, iteration where it's got an organization. But Swedenborg talks constantly about the church at its core is a state of heart and mind in us. Okay, that you are a church of one—that is the unit of the church—and this stuff, fine, it can serve that. But if it doesn't, it's a, it's calling itself a church, but it's not really. The core of the church in you is that enjoyment. Heaven is what heaven and hell are both a matter of what do you enjoy. Simply put, if you enjoy doing good because it's good, you're you're in heaven. That is in that moment that's you're experiencing heaven. If you're enjoying doing something evil because of the harm it's causing, that's hell. Okay? So, the internal of that. Okay. But, willing it, meaning this good thing, and doing it out of, uh, out of a concern for truth, that is because the word prescribes it, are the external aspects of are the external aspect of the church. So, don't go too fast because we're going to miss. I, I've, you know, I would just skip over the nuance of what it's trying to say here. But this is crucial information for us to equip ourselves to get this calm, blissful feeling. Is there anybody who doesn't want to feel calm and blissful? And is there anybody who doesn't want to feel calm and blissful in a perpetually sustainable, socially acceptable? It will build your relationships and friendships in all that way. Of course, of course we want that. The only reason we're not doing that is that we don't think it's possible, or we don't think it could ever really fill us up the way that the ego stuff does. Of course we want that. But willing it and doing it out of a concern for truth, that is, because the Word prescribes it, are the external aspects of the church. So there's an external aspect of the church as well, and it is out of concern for the truth. What does that mean? because the word prescribes it. So he's saying we... the internal is this calm, blissful feeling, right? Bliss out of doing something good. We'll turn this internal church into doing something good for this person, right? So the external aspect of the church... Not we're not to the buildings yet, If we ever get there in this episode, we won't. This is talking about what's in you. You go out and make it an organization if you'd like. The external aspect is doing... doing this thing because the Word. So because God is saying to do it. Because you're told to do it. It's just interesting juxtaposition. One is this self-evident, joyful thing, and the other is this obedience measure. And actually, those two have to be, and they have to coexist in us, because we have an internal and external aspect to us. If the natural or external is not in accord, that is, does not will or perform that action, this action being our mystery instance of doing something good to someone, because it's good, because it sees no reward, and so nothing for itself in it for such self-interest resides in the natural or external man through heredity and his own actions, the internal has no foundation or receptacle in harmony with it. You got two parts to you, the internal and the external. The internal is inherently good, and it is... it desperately enjoys doing good things. It is fully satisfied and satiated by doing the stuff that we all, okay, you're supposed to be nice to people. The internal is, yeah, I yeah, I, I get to be nice to people. I fully believe in this with every fiber of my being. I think it is noble and elegant and smart and cool. I think this is cool. I don't think it's dorky, but I'll do it. I think that this is cool. That's what our internal is like. It's the perfect being, it's a, the perfect person you'd want to meet is the internal in each of us, because that's coming out of God into us. There's an external, and the external in all of us is dominated by self-interest. That's just the way we are wired. It is a an inherently selfish thing, and it has this tendency, this, if you've ever felt yours, this overwhelming tendency to say, well, I'm interested in that if it benefits me in some way. And it can be a subtle way. It can be in status, social status, other kinds of status. It can be in power. It can be in revenge. It can be in just, this adds to my my pleasant picture of myself. Whatever it is, it's self-interested. And it, that, cannot coexist, cannot be roommates with this, the internal that I was talking about before. They don't do it. They don't get along. They, The internal drives the external crazy because the internal is not interested in being complicit in going after the things that the external craves. So we, the external obviously is not who we want to be. So what we have to do is get that external to be quiescent, to buy into the system, to be subservient to what the internal wants, because that's when both get what they really want. That's when both can be happy. So what's the way you get that external to be happy? You can't just say to it if you say, okay, let's go back to this picture of us being this is the bright, happy love there, and this is our sort of ego self. They're both in the human form, so don't take this too seriously. But let's say this... You cannot go up to this ex- external and say, well, think about how happy you're making people. Think about how something is, is, that's good. External does not understand that language. It does not believe in that. That is nothing to it. That, think about when you're in a state, when you, I don't care about that. What can we tell this External. What's the highest aspiration for this? You can't tell your, your ego self to be something it's not. Let's find out what it can be that's, that is compatible, right? We're, we're not trying to destroy it. We're not trying to bend it into something that it can't be. We're not setting unrealistic expectations for it or ourselves. What can it be that goes along with the system, right? What that has to be is doing something because the Word prescribes it. So we can go to this and say, look, there's a higher power, okay, there's God. This external can understand that there is God, right? It can get that. And we're saying to this external, look, God says, don't do this harmful thing. So we're not going to do it, even if you would like to, because it's against God's orders. God is saying, nope, nope. That's good enough for the external. Once... and Swedenborg goes on and on about, you've got to be doing it for religious reasons. You've got to be doing the truth for religious reasons. And what that means is it because a higher power is commanding you, because you can't co-opt the external self and say, well, you know, I'll try to ration with you, rationalize with you and get it so that you end up loving the happiness of people. It's always going to go back to... if you try to say, well then, because that will do... This for this person, it's always going to be pulling it back to, well, what's that giving me? How is that? That's its joy. That's its joy. But it can understand, okay, God is telling me to do this, so I'll do it. And if we can get the external into that state, so there's a part in us, and these might not even be happening simultaneously. I find that, and we'll explore this a bit in what we're about to get into, but you can ha- be fully in your external state where you've heard these religious principles, it's just not. It doesn't seem alive to you, it doesn't fill you with joy to act that way, and... but you can say, all right, I'll do it at this point, it's like the moon is out, so I remember that the Sun's there, but I'm not feeling its heat, I'm not really seeing all of its light, but I remember, so I'm gonna go do it, versus I'm gonna continue to act in this way that I think is the right way to act, and pursue the things that I think are the right things to pursue in life. So we can get to that point there, and once we're doing that though, that opens up that, as we're about to see, it creates a foundation to allow for the actual joy in those things to come in. So if we don't do that, if we don't do that, okay, I'm not going to do that. If we don't create that foundation in the ego external self by following religious or spiritual or regimented principles, The internal has no foundation or receptacle in harmony with it. Remember, the internal is this calm, blissful joy. Instead, it has that which either turns aside, perverts, or smothers its inflow. And for that reason, the internal is destroyed. That is to say, it is closed and blocked off, so that nothing from heaven can come through by way of the internal into the natural, apart from some ordinary degree of light, Through chinks all around, which enables the person to think, will, and speak." So if we're not setting up a foundation here, if we are not... this is getting a little muddled, let's... let's start from scratch. If we are not... if we've got our external here, right, and then the internal is here, and let's say our conscious experience is here, the The internal is wanting to bathe, and this is, you know, from God, lest we forget, because this is crucial to keeping the external in line. The internal is begging to bathe our conscious experience in totally enjoyable, totally pro-social, loving actions. It wants to make us into that person. That, that not only does the right stuff, aligns with the divine design, is the kind of piece of society that if everyone was you, we would have a really happy human race. Not only to be that person, but to love doing it and to gain satisfaction and peace from that, like, like we all think we're gonna get chasing this stuff of the ego. It wants to do that, but unless but the unless it has a foundation in the external, right? Unless it has a foundation in the external, it cannot deliver this to you. So we can go around thinking, all right, well, I'm just going to wait till I feel it, and when I feel it, I'll act on it. But unless we are at times building this foundation through the external, which is done through compelling ourselves, there's an aspect of it that is just, God says I have to do it. God says I have to do it, so I'll do it. That is not selling out. That is not... that is not a a less than ideal scenario. That's an important part. Taking the unruly part of us and saying, okay, God says you you have to do it. Religious principles say you have to do it, so I'm going to do it. That creates... that... don't worry, that's not the end. That's not, this is as good as it gets. What is this? I'm living this like terrible, artificial, religious lifestyle. That is the thing that's going to allow us to feel the joy. And you can't, because if if you've got these, you know, raging delights in what is against heaven, if you just consistently, let's say, you're stealing from people, right? you just constantly stealing from people, and you love it, If that's in there and you're not doing this, well, no, I'm not allowed to steal, so I don't care. I don't care if it's really fun for me. I'm not going to do it because God says I have to not do it. Then, once that's established and we've pushed this doing that out of our lives, you wouldn't know it because you think when you're in that, when you, you think when you're in this raging delight, I said, look, this is—there's nothing that feels as good as this. It's either—the choice is either I go up to do God stuff that is boring and is never going to satisfy me, because look at this awesome—you would never believe and or, or comprehend just how amazingly larger and more fulfilling and more powerful and more complex and more deep and more satisfying the pleasure of Good, the opposite is, of goodness, of respecting the property of others, of respecting the sovereignty of other people, that is absolutely... you would... if you had both of them in you, you would you would trade this. You You would never want to gravitate towards this. But you can't get that joy until this one is gone, because this is occupying... the external is sitting here being a receptor for this, and this internal that's trying to come in has nothing. So it, it it withers and it dies, and you never know what you are missing out on. Okay, so you think that nothing really works like that? I'll show you something right now. This tablet works like that. This tablet shows us just how important it is to have an external receptacle for an internal inflow, and how if you don't have that, It gives up and dies. You ready to see? Okay, this tablet is connected via HDMI to a computer over there. If you think about the tablet, this as the internal. Because I am inputting... This is where the information is coming from. This is where the input is happening. What we're doing here is not actually taking place in this. It's going into a computer, right? This is the internal. It's going out to that, but it has to have something that's receiving it. If it doesn't, if I take this connection that it has to its external, watch what happens. It says, there's no signal. Oh man, I'm going into power saving mode. I'm going into power saving mode because there's nobody listening. It gives up. It gives up. Come on back. I hope you start working again. There. And now that there's an external, it says, that's great, yes, okay, I can do it. The same thing happens with the joy that's trying to come into us. If we unplug from it, not only does it it not come in, but it says, "I, I have to go into power saving mode. I cannot continue to try to do this when there's no receptacle. Ah! All right, the second thing, the last thing we want to focus on here is this, wait a second, this light coming in that allows us to think, will, and speak. So let's say you unplug your tablet, you don't do what's good and right, you're still alive. There's plenty of people who are going around and, and absolutely just indulging the external, and we've done it at times in our lives, and it's, wait a second, you feel, you can feel really good, you still can see things, you still can hear things, aren't we just? Is it, How is that any less alive than doing all this internal peaceful bliss nonsense that you're talking to me about. And he gives this metaphor of like, or I guess it would be correspondence, that there's light just coming in through the cracks. So first of all, look look at the image and how it feels. We know this is a picture of a state of consciousness, right? Even though it's a picture of something physical. And what Swedenborg is saying is that, so out here you have God, and only God through heaven... Only that internal allows us to function and be conscious. But if we shut it out, God has so arranged it that it's never going to be that we fully cut ourselves off from that, because then we literally would no longer exist. So it's always going to be that you can shut the door, but you can only shut it this much, so that you can at least have enough. And you're not looking back here, you're looking out here at the weird little dark things in, in the room of consciousness that you kind of stumble around and, ooh, I like this, feels good, I like this, that's fun, okay. Uh, it's totally misled, right, when we get into this state. But there it, the only reason you can even see that stuff is a little bit of heaven's light is getting in. The difference is, if you lived your whole life in here, stepping out, opening this up, and seeing a meadow, or a field, or a mountain, or the ocean, For the first time, that's the difference, right? You can have a little bit of light coming through the cracks, or you can step out and live. But that ability acts in accord with what is in the natural. This ability, if if we're going in the negative sense, this ability to see a little bit through the light coming in through cracks, but that ability acts in accord with what is in the natural, thus in favor of what is evil and false, opposing what is good and true, to which end it makes that ordinary degree of spiritual light flowing in through the chinks all around subservient to itself. So if we're here and we don't have the internal gets no real say in it. We even take what's here, and instead of it being light, being for enlightenment, so we can understand that, okay, this this thing I've got over here that I love that is harming people, we don't want it. get away from it, it is sabotaging my potential. Instead of us seeing that and understanding I shouldn't do this, even God doesn't want me to do it, we instead just say, okay, well, help me get where I need to go. See. Help me just get where I need to go. I can use this to actually use it against its own purpose, because the purpose of all divine light and truth is to lead us out of this state of hell. But we will, in that state, if we cut ourselves off from the, from the source, uh, we'll just use it to put ourselves further into hell, which is fine when we're in that state, God is still going to try to give us the happiest life we can have, but it really is, like, the potential difference, the missed potential difference of, I'm going to spend my entire life inside a dark room versus, like, I'm going to go out and take a road trip, and I'm going to go build a career, and I'm going to have a family, and all the stuff you can do when you're not sitting around in one room uh, with poor lighting conditions. That's the news from heaven. So the internal, external... Does that do something for you? Can you understand? Can you see this stuff in your life? Please leave a comment. Let us know how we're doing. If you want to support what our work as a nonprofit, YouTube, or, I mean, OffTheLeftEye.com slash donate. That will help us. Uh, that's the way we we're able to do what we do. This was fun, getting to talk through this. I hope you found something useful in it. I hope you can go out and get that external to to get aligned, so that the internal can come in and we can really start to cash in on those feelings of joy that light us up to do good things for people. And the coolest thing is, think about it on the other end. If you've got somebody doing something really great that helps you in some area you need and you know they love doing it, so you're not a burden on them and they're, you're not going to exhaust their supply of goodwill, this is great. That's a pretty great arrangement and I'd say that's uh, worth getting towards.